Hi, I'm Dunya Georgievich. Welcome to my log. My log stands for My Little Organic Garden. I'm a filmmaker, a director and producer, writer and actor. And back in 2011, I started my log when I got a cancer diagnosis and began my journey to wellness. I wanted my hands in the dirt and the idea of installing edible gardens for people seemed like the perfect business. Soon, uh, I did recover and I did learn a lot. I got called back to direct and it was years later that I met my friend, Anne. Anne and I spent long hours talking about health and wellness and all the things that matter to women in terms of empowerment, entrepreneurship, and just bringing our visions to light. Hi, Anne. Hello, and welcome to my log. My name is Anne Myra, also known as Annie, and I am an athlete, a singer-songwriter, an author, and a visual artist. And we decided instead of bopping around in this galaxy, we would start pivoting to the podcast during the pandemic. So I hope you enjoy what we have to share. Dig it. Dig it. Hi, Annie. Hello, Dunya. How are you? I'm super. Why are you so super? Let's tell them. I feel blessed because today is the one year, no, not one. It's the five-year anniversary of my life nearly being lost to the ocean and the sea. But thank God, the first responders got to me from the Coast Guard and they airlifted me to the trauma center and they did brain surgery, a craniotomy, and I am still here today. And I'm so grateful, I feel blessed. I am so grateful too, because my goodness... What would I do without you? <laughs> well, let me say that I feel very grateful as well, because right now, first of all, we're doing our podcast live together, and we're in this amazing place called Lake Arrowhead, and we're doing this Living Beauty retreat. And for you and I, it's kind of a milestone because 10 years ago, pretty much give or take exactly, we met at a Living Beauty retreat because we were roommates. And here we are, roommates again, at this retreat. And it was the, it's the last day and it was just the most incredible two days. And on top of all of that, as if that weren't enough, we invited our newest friend who we met during this retreat to join us today. And we are so, so lucky. And I would like to introduce her, Tatiana. And I will let her say a few words about her name and where she's from. And then we're going to talk to her and ask her a few questions about her incredible life and career and some decisions that she made that were pretty powerful and empowering and I think will inspire everyone. So, Tatiana, hi. Hello. <laughs> I'm so grateful I've been invited to this podcast. 
because I'm just looking forward to, you know, listening to share. And it's very special for me that I met you and Annie on this retreat in this beautiful place and heard about your journeys and just feel blessed to maybe talk about mine. Yes, yes. And I would love, because we have shared our journeys many different times and different aspects, but I found you so interesting for one um, that we're both from all three of us actually but i they were both born in the eastern europe part of the world so just tell me so i know your full name and also where you were born and how you know just briefly how you came to be here which is so far away from where you were born from home, yes. I was, uh, my name is Tatiana, and I was born in Russia and partially educated there. And since my childhood, I loved two things, physics and skiing. And so, and partially I was educated in Switzerland. Uh, and our science, um, as a young couple, brought us to different places in the world. And uh, so, and our work brought us to Keep going. We're going to walk just a little bit from, we're at this beautiful deck at the lake and we just had lunch and they're clearing everything. So we're just going to walk over to another spot where it might be a little more quiet. Um, how about over here? So anyway, Tatiana, what is your last name, by the way? My last name is uh, Vinogradova. Vinogradova. Well, I can tell you, I know without speaking Russian, that Vinograd in Serbian means um, the, the vineyard, the vineyard. Uh, yes, it's actually the last name. It could mean um, two things. It could mean the vineyard or... It could mean just grapes. Grapes. Yes. yes. Vino is wine, but yes. But yeah. So, were, is your was your family into winemaking or grapes? No, there no. is no winemaking in the mid part of Russia, like between Moscow and Saint Petersburg. So, I don't know. We're kind of like doing now the family search deeper and deeper so maybe we'll discover something but this is uh, not too like rare name but it means uh grapes yes so um i'm thrilled always to meet someone else who's you know immigrated and made this your home someone who's so passionate and so amazingly skilled at what they do but also someone who's made a decision to do something radical and do like change their life. So tell us a little bit, um, what was, where did the passion for physics take you? Well, the science, it's kind of universal. It's across the world. And I, I think, and I was blessed that I could study and work in the different part of the world because I think that how you, that's how we make the world better, to working with each other and understanding each other. And so I always 
love to do that. So we worked in France, Switzerland, and United States, and we came because of the work. And then... What was your work? So I am a particle physicist. Uh, that's my dissertation uh, uh, was about. But then I did, I switched to the space physics, and I've done, like, space radiation. I worked for NASA. Uh, and then I also switched to some industrial system. And space and industry is quite exciting because you build the space system. So I was partially doing some physics study, but partially like working on real space telescopes. Amazing. So is that work different here in the States than what is happening in Russia or Switzerland? Well, there are different programs, and um, I didn't quite work in Russia. I just started, so hard to tell. Mm -hmm. But I think science and passion for that is kind of similar everywhere. I think passion for skiing is also very similar to passion for physics. And Why do you say that, Annie? They're not unrelated. <laughs> That's true. Physics and skiing do have a lot in common. But before we get to the skiing part, I guess, is skiing something that you just did your whole life ever since you were a kid? Or how does skiing factor into the physics? I guess it just while I was studying, it was a great ski team. And uh, we, back in Russia, skied in so many different places, like... Kola Peninsula, Caucasian Mountains, um, Karpata in Ukraine, um, in Moscow, um, which is relatively flat, but we still skied, and Ural Mountains, and then, of course, like in France, and, you know, in the States also, and this is absolutely beautiful sport, and um, at my time, and I was not the best of the best skier, but the team had to have females. Without that, it wouldn't be qualified. And that was my ticket. And I skied and skied and stuff. And now it's incredible to see how many girls' teams Amazing. are out there. And how, like, you know, this is something incredible. But we just had this passion for wherever the snow is, we'll train. Amazing. I hope I have the opportunity to visit. I've never been to Russia, never been to Moscow. I'd very much love, love, love to see it. But I know that there's plenty of places to ski and there's plenty of snow. I know that much. So it's it's something that I admire and um, I'd love, I'm sure you're an amazing skier. I can just tell. <laughs> um, so you came here for the physics and... Tell me a little bit about that move, that immigration, and what was it like to work here as a physicist? Well, pretty much we came um, because of the, some big science project, Super Collider, that's why we came. And, um, but then I was finishing my PhD back at UCLA and partially in Switzerland. And then um, I've got a great invitation to work at NASA, at JPL. And so I had several projects there. And then I switched to a different space company and also did try to do some research in Caltech. So, And all of the projects were 
quite amazing for me. I think I had like really great chance and I always loved what I did. It was hard for me to live in LA. I'm not like really southern person, like it's too hot, too sunny. But the moment I wanted to move and take on something else, great research opportunity came and um, so I stayed. Kept you here. Yeah. I see. It's so interesting. No one's ever <laughs> said that California's too sunny, but it is sunny compared to Russia. That's for sure. Um, I am curious where, so what, like, you know, since our show, a lot of what Annie and I talk about is balance in life and wellness. And obviously it's been a, a an important theme in all of our lives. So, what happened in LA that made you sort of have kind of a shift or sort of switch gears? You know, what was, was, was it work or was it personal or a little bit of both? What happened with this? Cause you're, you know, maybe tell us now where you are now with the physics and the work that you're describing and then what the change was. Uh, switching gear, you means like changing yeah. Kind of like direction, what, change in direction. Yeah, absolutely. So, LA is kind of like a hard city to live, to raise a kid because it's a lot of commuting, and no matter how you try to organize it, right? So, this part is like a lot of commuting. For me, I loved what I did in every step of my career, and so I kind of like put it aside, I didn't notice it. But now looking back, it was like really a lot, like physically on the person. And so, um, I was blessed with completely great project and very contained with myself and knew what I'm going to do next and new missions and stuff. And uh, my son was doing like very well and he finished college and, you know, um, and then, I had a big wake-up call due to my health. I was diagnosed with cancer. And that kind of after all the treatment was done, because I'd never been sick before, actually. I broke the ankle on the mountain bike, but that's about it. And so I had to stop and give myself time to pause, to comprehend and to understand what this illness is telling me because I knew that I cannot go back to the way I lived before because something in me didn't handle that and because I was very scared mm -hmm. I didn't want to receive um, another wake-up call like that and um, because LA is kind of like fast moving and because I loved what I do, it was kind of too tempting just to be there. And particularly the medical team told me, you're good to go back. And intuitively, I knew I can't. And coming from Eastern Europe, you think about your health slightly differently than, oh yeah, I'm ready to go to this fast style again. You think about your house in your grandmother's style. You feel it. You try to understand what the body is telling you. And you give yourself time. 
And so that was this turning moment. I remember that I told my work that I need some time and I flew back to Europe. I flew to Austria and I gave myself a couple of months right there and I felt in peace. I At least I understood who I am after the treatment and diagnosis because again, I never been sick before. So for me, it was just me. I can't believe it. So Alps and Austria helped me and I flew back to US, told my family it's not enough, flew back there and just did a month of snow hiking and climbing, just every day, seven hours in the Alps. And I missed Alps because, you know, here in LA, it's not, I was just busy even for this year. And um, it was a moment which was a turning moment for me. And I remember I took with me some paper to finish, you know, publication and stuff. And I reached the moment when I was standing in Alps after the climb. Uh, it was like almost like three weeks. And I felt very healthy and the healthiest I ever felt in my life. It was no fatigue. It was no anxiety like do that and that. It was no achievement being high. Oh yeah, it's another mission. It was just fully healthy me. And after the oncology journey, it was a miracle. I felt much healthier than I was like a year before. And I was standing in the Alps in this beauty and I made a noble discovery. I didn't know it about myself. I could live without my physics. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's a huge, huge thing. Because I can just see watching you. We're lucky enough to all be in person. So I see your eyes lighting up. You're like light blue, amazing eyes. And uh, I can tell and see that you're passion and fervor. And I can relate to this very much. I mean, we talk a lot about the, the balance, but, you know, women, s strong women, very uh, driven, intelligent women who, who are passionate about their work and their careers. I mean, I found myself struggle with, with the film industry and the way that it made me feel while I was in LA. I mean, LA does, it seems so laid back to someone from the outside with all the palm trees and so on, but is absolutely not. And if, you know, regardless of the industry you're in, it's very competitive, it's very challenging and, and it's beautiful in the sense that you can really push yourself to, to go forward and motivate yourself to keep keep striving to get ahead, but it can take a huge, huge toll on you as it does. And as it did for you, as it did for me, and as it did probably for a lot of um, women uh, in LA. So, so this discovery that you allowed yourself, and I love what you said that Eastern Europe looks at health in a little bit different way. I mean, I found myself very much diverging from sort of the Western medicine approach from the doctors around me here. I had a great team, but I always wanted to commune with my own body and what it was trying to communicate. And I've been saying this ever since I got cancer that every illness, not just cancer, 
but every illness, whether it's great or small, is just a, your body being out of balance. If you have a smaller illness, you're a little bit out of balance. If you have a greater illness, you're more out of balance and you have to bring yourself back to center and your body will do that if you support it and get out of the way. It will do that because it is programmed to want to do that. So clearly you respected your body and you did this major thing. You know, you conquered your mind, I'm sure, your ego telling you, you better stay because you're good at what you do and this is why you're, you're supposed to be doing, but there's something greater greater you respected this sort of inner intelligence that was guiding you uh, for you know your optimum health so so where are you today like where what has happened what 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 would you say all this all these changes what did it sort of take you culminate in well after this moment i held with me two things this it was kind of a turning moment for me like that yeah i could let my science go i'm more than that and the healthiest i feel is after this amazing like three weeks of like snow climbing and hiking and at this moment i wanted it for myself i really wanted it for myself and i made a promise that i'm committed uh to make it happen somehow to thrive for this energy which nature gives me and thinks what I love to do in the mountains and so I came back my job was very supportive and but I started kind of to plan this um, steps for to try to live differently and to give it to myself when my son was born I took three years off from the grad school it was amazing years it was very hard to go back and I felt like I want to give this several years to myself now. That is as important as I was given to, you know, my kid when he was born. And so, and I worked on um, both part, financial part, and I am investor. And so it took me roughly five years to reach the point when financially I could do it. And I worked also on the other part, like you said, let your ego go. Mm -hmm. And because the ego is kind of intertwinkled with identity yeah. and the passion. I was growing up on the love of physics. It was who I am. I worked on the, not separation, but on the whole con concept. I'm actually more than one, my physics. My family was very supportive because they were very scared with my diagnosis. So they said, no matter who you are, like that's the best decision you could make. So, you know, my mom, my son, like my family was very supportive, but it took a lot of courage. But also I don't quite believe in balance in work and something else because the moment I felt better and I went full speed back, I was crushed in LA. And so in five years of this like trying, and I'm doing very well in my you know, recovery, uh, but still I remember this promise and I didn't want to experiment with that. And I wanted to try create a different life flow when for example, 
financially you can do it, why not to try create the dream life? That's what I thought. Now it sounds a bit childish, but that was a dream. I think it's not childish at all. And a bluebird just flew by. Which is an, a, sign, a, a, a sign from a sign. the spirit. It's a sign from the spirit world. Well, we did learn a lot about the spirit world this weekend, and we'll mention that it's put us in an incredible space, headspace, where we spent two days working with Kristen and her program of hypnotherapy, which she called, is it Into the Woods? Yes. And she works as a hypnotherapist and a coach, and she worked with us to really masterfully shed the headspace we were in to kind of define things, our not just, yeah, our intentions, but also the things that are getting in the way of us getting our intentions, really define what we need to let go of, what we need to leave behind or or work towards saying goodbye to, and then get clarity on the steps to move forward. But I find it fascinating in this process to discover that we all, as we shared, had the answers if we had the safe space and time to think about it and to consider it and to actually ask ourselves these questions. And, and to journal and, and to spend time in nature, which we could hike around the lake or hike up the mountain. Or jump in the lake like you did. I, I didn't. Do. Both of you did. And I will again. It's a very cold lake. But um, <laughs> I do want to say that I'm, you know, I admire your just approach and the way the respect that you had for the situation that you're in it's remarkable i mean you could write a book about just that because you know we as humans unfortunately it seems like don't take the time in today's pace to really allow ourselves to be who we actually are. So no one really even knows half the time who they are or what they actually want or need. So the rhythm of today's life doesn't allow much contemplation and you demanded it. You carved out the time and the space and um, it looks like from my vantage point, like you transformed your life. Do you feel like it's still going on? Are you still in that process? I am still in this process, yes. But looking back in the five years, I something intuitively helped me to move through. Um, and I'm grateful for that. It's like, you know, like intuition, you're guiding you. So during the five years, I took sabbaticals every year, even though in industry it's not quite um, acceptable. Um, practice, but that's what I needed, and I was very open to say I need the sabbatical. And, you know, I worked hard before, but even if I wouldn't, it was important to say that what's important to me. And support came. Like, I took sabbaticals, I went to Alps for, again, three months a year, and that, again, helped me to remember what the true health and true balance is. Not even balance, but true what else is beside the lab and control center and space mission? And what there matters? Is, 
and what matters. And the world is beautiful outside, the world of nature and physical movement and something else, like new people were coming into my life. And then the time came when I said, you know, when I financially was ready and I said, um, I'm ready to pull the trigger. If I believe that I have enough financially to be financially independent and to create a different life flow. And so I did it. My job was amazing, supportive, wanted me back, invited me back. And that was very good. I was very grateful. And last September, I let my career go to try to create a new life flow, which I had certain thought, but I didn't quite know how it's going to go. But I knew it's going to go in the peace with nature, in the movement, maybe back to skiing while I still can't do that. Why not? And all these like dreams and pretty much being in the mountains, coming back to hiking and relocating from LA, create a, a home base, which is, which will hold me as a base and it will be in the cleaner air space with no commuting like we used to live in Europe, like walking in the nature daily. It's not just about travel, it's about like a daily life in peace and harmony with the body and with the mind. And hopefully my physics will come back somehow uh, later, but now I'm working on like creating this foundation first. Maybe you'll write a book. Maybe I'll write the book. Yeah, I would read it for sure. I find this fascinating. I find you fascinating. And, um, you know, thanks for sharing this incredible journey with us. It's so striking how authentic you are to yourself and how you put that first. Um, and I loved what you said. You know, you took three years off when you gave birth to your son which as mothers in these careers, we, we do. We, we, we sacrifice and we make the time. And sometimes, like, I left my work and I was so grateful to spend the time with my young child all the young years to spend all the time together. And then when it was time to come back to work, it was very difficult. I did not do it in the most clever way where I would line things up and really set, it was impossible. There were too many factors. And so it's been this incredible journey back to my own work that I abandoned to be a mother. <laughs> so being a mother and a career woman and exceptional like you are is, is you know, the ultimate quest for balance which like you said you don't really even believe can can exist i yeah i started to believe that even with my i mean maybe particularly with my passion i was given all of myself there plus commute right because in la you always commute and that takes a, a big you know yes it's a big it's a heavy load right and then 
I just wanted to add that when I kind of shared a bit at work, like not fully, that yeah, I'm taking sabbatical, I'm back in Europe, I climb for three months. And people, many people whom I respect professionally tremendous, tremendously, like not many, but like, you know, four or five, who came to me and said, I admire what you do. I wish I could do that. It takes courage kind of things. Maybe cancer gives you like this, you know, punch that, okay, where else you can go? It's for real. So maybe that gives you courage. But it is hard to find balance. I really, I don't believe into balance because if I am fully in, I'm fully in. Yes, I, I totally know what you're saying. I'm the same way. And for certain people who, um, it's not a matter of discipline, it's a matter of just passion, this extreme emotional drive that, and also a striving for a high level of work and perfection as best as you can, that too, you don't want to settle. You don't want to settle for anything. So you do everything just the way it needs to be done. And at a certain point, you know, you have to make room for the other parts of your life because it things crack, you know, and they did. And, you know, cancer teaches, I think, all of us that, that it's many little taps on the shoulder, but finally when cancer comes along, I think you put it exactly well, it just is a punch in the face and you fall and you get a big black eye and you have to sort of shake it off and say, what the hell is going on here? Um, thank you so much for sharing this very intimate journey with us. And um, I have a quick recipe, but I'll make it short. It's just a comfort food that I made right before I came here and I could not get enough of it. I couldn't believe how good it was and so simple. I made a it's sort of an Indian dal recipe, but basically it's yellow lentils that, you know, cook very quickly. So you just saute some onions and potatoes and carrots and celery. I added a bunch of spices to the olive oil so that it kind of sizzles in some turmeric, some cumin, some coriander, all my favorite things. I put a bay leaf in there, some salt and pepper, and then, um, Add the dal, and I just used water. Uh, you could use vegetable stock if you want, but it cooked quickly, and, and I let it cook for a long time, probably more than it should have, in a low heat. So it actually just turned into this incredible stew. It was so yummy and kind of like mushy, but so tasty. So it was delicious. Was it kind of soupy? Was it wasn't soupy. It was almost like a lentil porridge with all these vegetables in it so just with some like crunchy toast it's like a dream i eat it for breakfast sounds delicious <laughs> sounds very delicious <laughs> thank you annie thank you tatiana i look forward to hearing what we all become after this transformational couple days retreat yes and we'll put more information in the notes about um, Kristen and her hypnotherapy as well. Bye. Dig it. Bye.